You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for his glory. It is my honor to share some things from the word of God with you today. And I'm, I'm carrying a word which primarily started within me from, I would say, about the 1st or 2nd of January. Just, just I believe like the Holy Spirit just kind of put a, a, a burden on my heart to want to bring something for today. And, uh, you know, and... 1st or 2nd of January, it's the beginning of a new year. I'm not going to preach a new year message because we've done that at the beginning of January already. But just to say that new year is an interesting time because we always want to start off very strong, don't we, with the new year. We want to we start really well. We want to get into a Bible reading plan. We want to grow in our faith. You know, we sign up for the gym because we want to get fitter. And it's January and now it's February and we still haven't been, you know. It's just a nice, easy money-making scheme for these gyms, you know, we've not learned. But this is what happens. We, we put plans in place. You know, we have our own plan, our own intention of what we want to do for the year ahead. And that's all good. But I remember when I was opening my Bible on those days at the beginning of January and just coming before the Lord, and I said, God, what is it that you want to say to me today? What do you want to say? What is it that you want to say to me? You know, we're so quick to come to God and tell him everything that's on our mind put all our plans in place, go, God, I want to do this, I want to do that, I've got all this going on. Now, God, will you help me with all that I've planned? Will you help me in what I want to do? Will you help me with my plans? But as we know, in our relationship with God, it's a relationship. The important thing that we do as well is that we are also listening to him, yeah. saying, God, actually, what do you want to say to me? Yeah. You know, I might put plans together. What's your plan for me? What is it that you want to do in my life? You know, I can put plans in place, run along, doing different things, look at starting new things. But if I want to live a fulfilled life, to have an influence for Jesus, it's really important that I ask God and I come regularly and say, God, what do you say? What are you saying today? What is it that you want me to do? And as I did this, as I said a, a few weeks ago, uh, I was led to John chapter 15. And the Lord strongly put this passage on my heart. So why don't you turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 15. The words won't be on the screen, but if you've got a reading device or a Bible, follow along in there. And we're going to read some verses in a moment. And just to give you a little bit of context here of what is happening. So Jesus is in his final moments with his disciples. And this is before he's about to get arrested. He's going to go to the cross. So it's a quite a pivotal point in the Gospels. And what Jesus is doing, he's given his final instructions. It's quite a big deal. He's saying it's time for him to go, but he's also in these chapters leading up to chapter 15, in 13 and 14, he's comforting his disciples. He says, look, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be troubled in your heart because I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And there's this sense that whilst Jesus is going away, there's also a sense that he's preparing them for even greater works. It actually says that, that he's preparing them for even greater things. It's as if he's saying, uh, you know, I'm preparing you. There's a shift that's happening. I'm going to be going away physically. I'm not going to be here, but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and then you are standing on the edge of something new. There's like this anticipation that they are now going to be those who are going to go on mission for when he, he dies and is resurrected, and then the church is birthed, and then the disciples are the ones handed over the baton, in a sense, to go and preach the good news. And we take it up here, verses 1 to 17 in John chapter 15. So I'm going to read them for you, and it says this. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. 
Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. And this is the word of the Lord. And we can say, thanks be to God. There's a lot in there, lots of images, very deep words, I get that. And we're gonna scratch the surface of some things today. You know, to preach on everything that's in there would probably take seven weeks of sermons or so, because there's so much richness in there. But the title of my message today is this, and I really want us to get this. The title of my message is simple, but I think very powerful. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. As I said earlier, as I was asking God at the beginning of this year, what do I need to hear from you for my life? The answer was simple. It was, Jonathan, my son, you need to remain in me. You need to stay connected to me. That is essential. If you wanna bear fruit, if you wanna have success in your life, if you wanna be all that you're called to be, it's simple. You need to stay connected to me. You need to remain in me. You you must stay and abide in me, as some of the translations put it. You know, if we wanna be effective, we have to stay connected. If you wanna be effective, you have to stay connected. Anyone here wanna bear fruit? Yeah? We all want fruit, don't we? We, we, we want to bear fruit, but we have to abide. We have to remain in Christ for us to do that. You know, when Jesus says, I am the true vine, it's the seventh of the I am statements. Some of you may have noticed that. And in the first century world, the vine was seen as a picture of Israel. It was a very clear picture of Israel. The Israelites would have known what that meant because they were called to be the original vine for God. God had called them to be a set apart for him and they were seen as the vine that was supposed to bear fruit, to, to bring a light to all the other nations, to bear fruit for him. That was the original intention, the original plan. In fact, there's a picture of a vine that's minted on the first century coins in the Jewish times, in the time of the Old Testament. Um, and in fact, we can get that on the screen, actually. So as you see on that coin there, there's a little leaf. That's a vine leaf. And that was, it was very well known that actually Israel was representative of the vine. And they knew that. I mean, if it's on your coinage, if it's on your money, they became very aware of that because we all know what money looks like, don't we? So they were very aware of what was going on. So what Jesus is saying here is an amazing statement about himself. He's saying that something has now shifted. He's saying, I am now the true vine. 
I supersede all of the vines. I am the true vine. I am the vine. I am now the vine. Something has shifted. He's basically saying, look, I now have got this. I have now got this. I am the vine. And he includes his disciples and us when he says, you are the branches. Wow, what an amazing statement. Something has moved. Something has changed in what Jesus has said and what he has done now. It's this idea that there's now this new vine which has formed a brand new community with us as his disciples. So as the vine is connected to the branches, Jesus is saying, look, you need to remain connected to me. You need to remain in me just like a branch remains in a vine. And this is how you will bear fruit. You see, the key of what Jesus is saying is, the key is remain in me. Remain in me. That is the key. Abide in me. You might be asking, well, you know, that sounds good. If I need to bear fruit, I need to remain in Jesus. I get that. But what does it mean to bear fruit? You know, what does it mean to bear fruit? Very Christian word, isn't it? Bear fruit. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, when I first became a Christian, someone says, oh, is everything fruitful? I'm like, yeah, I think so. It's like, what's fruitful? You know, it's a very, very Christian terminology. But what can it mean to be fruitful? Well, I think it means a couple of things in the context of this passage. Firstly, to bear fruit means that we would go into the world as his disciples and uh, show the love of Christ to people around us. That we bear fruit and then also we, 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 we share the good news of Jesus. But then everlasting fruit is produced from that. So that when people come to know Jesus and they give their life to him, they too become those that have been born, born from the, the, gospel, the gospel message. And the idea is that uh, you know, the gospel is bearing fruit everywhere because his disciples are going out trying to do that. That we would bear the love and the gospel message to other people. That we would go and communicate that to others. And secondly, that we would bear fruit in our lives, relationships, in our marriages, in our families, in our jobs, just generally. And also, I think an important way, in the way that we come across to people in our general disposition that we would bear fruit, that we would bear the fruit of the Spirit, like joy, peace, things such as that, that we would come, come to people with that disposition. And that is attractive. When people see that fruit within us, they go, oh, that's, that's quite interesting. We're drawn to that. People are drawn to us as believers because we, we have a different disposition. Does that make sense? Yeah. That we come with something a little bit different. Jesus says in verse eight of the text that we read, This is to my Father's glory that you bear fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And again, as I said, it's this idea that there's something different about the way we live, which can be seen on display. It sets apart for the glory of God. But this is only made possible, and we need to get this, if we stay connected to him, if we remain in him, if we continue to remain in him. I get the idea of of being in Christ. And when I was studying this, this scripture, as I said at the beginning of the year, and I was looking into it, I was like, Lord, I know what you mean. I know you want me to, to, to be connected to you. I know you want me to bear fruit. You, know, you want me to remain in you. But I also am aware that sometimes remaining in you is quite challenging. To keep connected to you, there's always stuff going on that's trying to take me away. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I'm in Christ, and you know, I've, I've, Je- I've, I've given my life to Jesus. He's my Lord and Savior, which means I'm in him which means that I'm part of his new community, I'm part of this community, the church, I'm I'm connected to him, I get that. But I also believe to be in Christ, it means you have to be intentional about your relationship with him. You have to keep attending to that. There's an ongoing intentional relationship that we have to attend to to keep being with him. I mean, it says this in the verses that we read, the first seven verses we read, Jesus uses the word remain or remaining in him in some way eight times. Eight times in seven verses. But in seven verses. I think he's trying to put a point across to us, isn't he? I think he's saying, you need to get this. 
guys, you need to get this. You need to remain in me. You need to be connected to me. You need to stay close to me. This is the way it works. Maybe in some way, I don't want to say what's not in the text, but maybe in some way by saying that, he's emphasizing, if you don't remain in me, if you don't stay connected to me, you could get disconnected. You could in some way be removed from me. Maybe that's what he's trying to emphasize as well. I don't know. He doesn't say it, but that's just an opinion that could be there. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You see, a branch on its own cannot bear fruit. If it's disconnected from the vine, it cannot bear fruit. Sometimes it's really simple, but I think we can make it complicated. We sometimes, we just, we just need to be a branch. <laughs> just need to be a branch. What, what, does a, what does a branch do? What does it practically look like? What does a branch do? Well, it, it just it stays connected. It just stays there and gets connected and then fruit comes. You know, I was trying to think of a way I could demonstrate what does a branch do? It just, it just does this. <laughs> you know, I was like, can I make it really good? Just this, just to stay. Just stay connected. Just stay connected to Jesus and fruit will come. Jesus also said in John 10, I am the good shepherd. And he says, we are the sheep. What do we need to do there? We just need to be sheep. The good shepherd takes care of everything. The good shepherd, he says, I'll, I'll lie you down in green pastures. I'll feed you. I'll give you what you need. Don't worry about that. I'll, you know, if, any, if the enemy comes, I'll, I'll, I'll fend him off. Just be a sheep. You know, just be a sheep. <laughs> just be a sheep. Just, just go where I'm telling you to go. Yeah. Just remain close to the shepherd. Listen to the shepherd's voice. Yeah. Hear him and remain in him. Remain close to him. Listen to his commands. It's simple, but... It's simple, but in our desire to be fruitful or successful, how many of us know that we try and work it out by ourselves? We become disconnected. You know, we, we come away from the vine. We become like a rogue sheep going off doing our own thing. Whatever a rogue sheep does, I don't know. But we go off and we try and work it out and we wander off. We try and do things in our own strength. Or the world or the enemy come and it distracts us and moves us away and we get disconnected. We don't remain. We don't stay connected. Matthew 13 is the parable of the sower. And it talks about seed that falls among thorns that grows up and gets choked by the plant. And in explaining the parable, Jesus says this. He says, this is someone who hears the word of God, but the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth and I think it can be also be the deceitfulness of many other things that be included there. The deceitfulness of wealth, choke the word, making it unfruitful. That, that word again, fruitfulness or unfruitful. Now we know we need his word to live by, but sometimes we can get choked and entangled in other things. That they can take the fruitfulness of the word away from us. It stops the harvest coming. We come away from the vine and we get frustrated, but it's obvious why we're unfruitful. <laughs> because we're not remaining, we're disconnecting. We're coming away from what God has asked us to do, from coming away from his purpose. You know, I took this branch from my garden this morning. It was from my garden. I wasn't a rogue sheep trying to go into other people's gardens. And, uh, you know, I was just wondering, you know, if, if, it, if this branch tries really hard, now it's disconnected from the vine, if it tries really, really hard, do you think it might be able to bear fruit? No, it's not going to bear fruit. How about if like, it tries really, really hard you know, to bear fruit you know, in its effort, in its own energy, you know, disconnection from the, from the vine? Do you think it can bear fruit? No. What about if we all came to the front and we really encouraged it? 
You know, if we came here and just said, fruit, 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 and then do you reckon an apple would just appear out of nowhere? No, it wouldn't. It doesn't make any sense. It's, it's absurd. It doesn't make any sense at all. It won't work because it's disconnected from the vine. It needs the vine. You can't bear fruit on your own. See, preparing this message today, I felt like I really needed to, to say that the reason for your entanglement, the reason for maybe why you're struggling, it's because you've become a little disconnected from the vine, from Jesus. Yeah, yeah, you, you believe in him, you know him, but you've come disconnected to him and his word and his ways. You've come disconnected to the true vine. Apart from him, you can do nothing. Going back to the example I gave earlier of Israel being the original vine. They were supposed to be the original vine that would bear fruit, but what happened is, is that they didn't. If anything, they only, they only bore bad fruit. Because what happened is, is they, they were distracted. If you read the Old Testament, they were distracted by the nations around them. They went and, and focused on the nations around them rather than them being the ones that would bear fruit and would draw other nations to them to be, the, to be the light for the Gentiles. They instead were distracted by them and started to worship their gods. And then as you see, the, the consequences of that were bad. They were supposed to be a light to bear fruit, but they didn't. They failed in that because they were distracted by those around them. They were set apart for Yahweh, but they gave themselves over to other gods. And there was a lack of obedience, a lack of commitment to God and his word, to, 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 to obey his commands. And in life, we can get distracted, and we can look in, look in life to find fulfillment from different things other than Jesus. We can, our, our attention can be drawn elsewhere. We can go and think, well, maybe that's the plan. Maybe I need to do that. Maybe I need to get involved in that. Maybe I'll work it out for myself. There are a number of things. You know, one of the things that I think uh, we can have an unhealthy attachment to is people. And one of the things that I really struggled with before I was a Christian was an unhealthy attachment to people. You know, I used to believe that in order for me to be happy, to have significance, to, to bear fruit, I had to be in a relationship. I was like, I need to be with someone. Even if the whole world is crashing around me, as long as I'm with someone, it doesn't even matter if they don't even like me that much. You know, it doesn't really matter if it's a strong relationship. It doesn't even matter if I get on well with them that, well, that much, if they're not right for me. As long as I'm in a relationship, then I know I'm okay. You know, I, my security was all bound up in that. In my, te in my teens and my early 20s, I had multiple relationships. Just thinking, oh, you know, uh, if that one ended, quickly, get into the next one. Like a state of worry or anxiety would come along to me and say, you're not, you're not with someone. Get with someone, quick. And I saw everyone else doing it. And even people around me, my friends at the time, were saying, you just need to move on and get with somebody else. That's the answer. Just attach yourself onto somebody else. That, that will get you through the breakup. That will get you through the heartache. But what happened was is that my relationships, my relationships ended up being a mess. I didn't bear any fruit in them. They became difficult. There was entanglement. But you know what I'm really pleased to say is that when I did come to know Jesus as my savior, when I connected to the true vine, when I connected to him, he dealt with all those insecurities. He got rid of those fears and anxieties. And he says, 
you just come connected to me and I'll take care of everything else. Yeah? We need to get this. We need to stay connected to him. Through him, everything else, all our relationships will work out through him. When we stay connected, when we remain in him. I see it time and time again, even today and even in churches, we try and attach our branch to people hoping that they can help us bear fruit, keep us happy, and answer all of the questions in life, hoping that they will be our source of strength, hoping that they will be there for us. Now, you know, I'm not saying it's bad to have connections. It's not bad. I'm not saying it's bad to have relationships. If anything, I think it's really good. God puts people around us to help us. But it, our perspective is really key in this. You know, in, our, in marriages, in, in our relationships with our children, in, our, in, in friendships as well, we have to ask ourselves, is this a healthy dynamic? Does that make sense? Is it a healthy dynamic? Is Jesus at the center? Is he the connection first? And then is the fruit coming into that? I think it's really important that we grasp this because we can get it wrong. I cannot be a good husband if I'm not connected to Jesus. If I'm not connected to Jesus, I can't. Uh, Paul says in Ephesians, he says to the church there, he says, husbands, love, love your wives as Christ loved the church. That is some powerful love. I mean, Jesus died for the church. So there's no way in what I'm saying that am I trying to advocate, you know, be careful of connections, break them off. No, what, the point here is it's through Jesus, through the example that he gives us, we love our wives or we love our husbands or we love our friends and our children. The key point is connecting to him and his model and his word. That is how we will lead fruitful lives. That is how we'll get the best and make the most out of our relationships but we can get it the wrong way around at times. We go directly to people and we want our relationships to give us definition. We want them to have all of the answers in life, but we ask too much of people sometimes. Jack, Luke, why don't you come up here for a second? You should just stand there for us, Jack, and Luke, you stay there. We can get in a terrible cycle. We can get it wrong. You know, in our need to want to have significance, in our need to want to, to be connected and want to be loved, we, you know, we, we put our branches in people. And we're like, oh, hopefully this will work. Hopefully this person will give me joy. Hopefully this person will give me peace. Hopefully this person will help me in all that I'm struggling with. Hopefully they will. And then, you know, this person can't because I'm struggling with joy. I'm struggling with peace. And then what happens is you're left with a mess. It just doesn't connect. And then what happens is you go, oh, okay, that one didn't work. Okay, well, let's try this one. <laughs> Exactly, it hurts. And you go, maybe I'll get joy and peace from here. But then again, this person as well is trying to get joy and peace and doesn't know what's going on. But the joy and peace comes from Jesus. But we're still trying to go into people and then we're left with a mess. It doesn't connect. It doesn't work. And we think, okay, that one didn't work. Well, how about this one? Maybe this one. This one's quite good looking, actually. <laughs> this one's really good looking. You know what? Actually, I'll make sure. You know, I'm quite an insecure person. You know what I'll do? I'll make sure that I don't let this one out of my sight. I will just text them and call them every minute of the day because, you know, I just don't want them to leave me. You know, I'm very insecure. That's going to give me peace. That's going to give me joy. But then this person can't handle it because it's a bit too intense. And then what happens? You're left with a mess again. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Give them a little round of applause. What I'm trying to say is this. The branch is designed to be connected to the vine first. Not the other way around, the vine first. You know, if we attach ourselves to someone hoping that they're going to give us something that Jesus can give, we're going to fail. Yeah. 
Only Jesus can give you certain things. Joy, peace, security, significance, purpose. They have to get that first from him. And then our relationships are affected as a result of that. And what happens is if it just doesn't fit when you try it the other way around, people get hurt in the process. We end up with entanglements and confusions. We get involved in things that aren't good for us. We compromise our behavior because we want to please that person. We get involved in things that we know we shouldn't really get involved in, but we're, we're so entangled and so, 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 so broken by it all that we, we don't know what else to do. And we don't bear fruit, we just blend into the world. We just blend into what everyone else is doing, thinking that's the right way. And even at times, we can get so hurt by our experiences that we avoid relationships altogether. And that's not God's plan. God doesn't want us to be so broken by this that we don't get into relationships and that we don't have good friendships. You know, I knew someone who, well, I know someone who, every time I speak to them, they, they've changed their best friend. Seriously, it's, it's so hard to keep up with. I remember I... I, was, I saw them a few, a few years ago, and I said, how are you doing? How's your friend doing? Oh, that does, that's not worked. <laughs> not friends anymore. I'm like, okay. Go, yeah, this is my best friend now. Look on Facebook. Oh, okay, okay. And then, and then I see them again. I go, oh, how's your friend doing? You know, the one you show on Facebook. Oh, I'm not friends with them on Facebook anymore. It's, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? We just move on. We think, oh, we didn't get what we wanted from them. They didn't understand us, so then we move on. But that isn't how we should treat people, and that isn't what God wants for us. See, the key to good connections is connecting to Jesus first. We connect to him first, and everything else becomes fruitful. That's how it works. I'm just going to challenge you today a little bit. Maybe you need to assess your attachments. I'm not saying sever them. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying assess them and say, are they unhealthy in the dynamic? Does something need to move? Am I trying to be around this person because I'm trying to get something from them or get something in, in this relationship that only Jesus can give me? If so, you're asking too much. Maybe you need to just reassess that dynamic. Maybe you need to ask yourself that question today. And to say as well, there are also other things that can distract us from the vine and we can try and plug our branch into other things as well. We, we can get discontent sometimes. And we, we think if we follow money, if we follow money, then maybe, maybe that's what I'll, I'll get my success in. That's maybe where I'll bear fruit. If I work really hard at this and, and put everything into my career, that's, that, that's how I'll bear fruit. Now, I just want to say, it's good to have um, a heart to have a good career. Work hard, go to university, you know, do, do, do a great job, do your studies, get a career. This is great stuff. But we do it as ones serving the Lord. We get the perspective right first and we fit it into that. Not that we fit the Lord into what we're planning. Does that make sense? We ask him to come in first. He is, a, he is our security. He is our providence. It will never be enough if we're apart from him. Apart from him, you can do nothing. You know, Jesus can give you all that you need to be fruitful. I believe that he can give you everything you need. We've been singing about it today. Jesus is all that we need. He's a name above every name. He is the one. He is our source in life. I was reading some verses in Colossians the other day. I was just blown away by the words of Paul to the, church in, uh, um, the Colossian church. 
It's chapter one, verses 15 to 20. And the message version puts it in such a beautiful way. And when you, if you join me, just, I want us to just quieten our hearts a moment and listen to these amazing words. And maybe if you want to close your eyes, that's fine. I just want to read these words out to you, maybe even speak them over you just to remind you of who Jesus is in your life. We look at this sun and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this sun and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and, visi and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together like a head does a body. He was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade, he is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there, towering far above everything, everyone. So spacious is he, so roomy that everything of God finds its, per, its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross. Amen. There's some amazing words there. And I just want to say this, you don't need to look elsewhere. Christ is enough for you. If you want a fruitful life, you want peace, you want joy, you want significance. If you want to have great relationships, if you want to have a, a, a purpose, all you need is to be connected to Jesus. You just need to be connected to him. You need him firstly in your life, to remain in him. Apart from him, you can do nothing. I've talked about the importance of remaining in Christ and staying connected to him. But you might be asking, well, how, how do I stay connected? What does it mean to remain? What does it mean to abide? How, how, how do I do this? How do I remain in Christ? How, how do I keep that going? Well, what is a practical way of doing this? And this is how we do it. Obedience. obedience. What we do is we, we follow his commands. Like I said earlier, nothing will help you grow and bear fruit like obeying and following him. Like I said, Israel before, they, they were supposed to be those that would bear fruit to the nations around them, but they didn't because there was a lack of obedience. They didn't stay true to God's word. They didn't, they didn't live out God's word. They didn't commit themselves wholly to him, but we need to obey what Jesus says. It literally is allowing his words to come into our life and completely changing us. His words to come into our life. And not just his words coming into us, but we actually live them out. That when he, his words remain in us, we actually do what they say. We actually obey his word. We listen to his teachings. We listen to what he says. We listen to what the Bible says, and we do it. That's how we are remaining in him. That's how we're remaining in Christ. Simply put, if I follow his model and do what he says, that is how I remain. We cannot remain in Christ if we do not have a commitment to his word. We need to be committed to him and his word. Now I get prayer and worship is important as well. 
I enjoy spending time in prayer, and it's really important. That's how we remain as well, and worship. But, but what is prayer? What is worship? Well, prayer is, is speaking back the promises of God from his word to him. It's engaging with him. It, 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 it involves the word. What is worship? Worship is singing about the word, bringing the word and singing it out, worshiping it. It brings us to the word. And we have a commitment to his word. That is how we abide in him. That's how the life of the vine works through his disciples. Remember, Jesus here is preparing his disciples for his departure. He wants them to be fruitful. And what he gives them, what does he leave them with to be fruitful? He leaves them with his words. He leaves them with his Holy Spirit as well, but he says he leaves them with his words. He gives us what we need. He empowers us. He gives us his word that we can follow it and obey it so that we can lead fruitful lives. That's what he gives us. And if we obey his commands and follow him, I believe we will see fruit. I believe we'll see fruit in this room. It is me engaging with, God, with what God wants, both in mission and in personal life. Jesus says, love one another. So church, let's love one another. Let's do it. Let's, let's do love in action. Let's be a community that care for one another, that support each other, that, that, that lift each other up in prayer. Let, let's do it. Let's love each other. And that love that we have for each other, it will bear fruit and people will see it and they'll be attracted to us. And they'll go, well, look how they live there. Look, look how they live as a community. I want to be involved in that. There's a missional aspect when we love each other as well. It is seen as good fruit. It is attractive. Jesus also tells us that we should forgive. It's a church. I don't know if this is relevant to someone today. Therefore, we should forgive. He tells us we should forgive. Someone came up to me the other day and said, Jonathan, how do I forgive? And I was like, I'm not gonna pretend it's easy, but you've gotta forgive. You have to forgive, because if not, we get entangled. We think that if we don't forgive someone, oh, that means that they're, they're on the hook with me. But actually, we're hooked. And we can get disconnected. And what it does, it bears bad fruit. Bitterness comes out. We're hurt. But we're actually hooked. We've been entangled away. And it disconnects us, I believe, from the vine. If we keep harboring unforgiveness, you've got to forgive. It's important that we forgive. Jesus also says, do not worry. So don't worry. Don't be anxious. Whatever it is that is causing your anxiety, don't, don't worry about it. Jesus says, do not worry. He'll take care of you. Remember he said, just be a sheep. Let him take care of you. Let, be, be close to the voice of the shepherd and he will make sure everything works out. Do not worry. You know, we get so anxious about so many things. It's like we, we get anxious about, what if I'm gonna be alone for the rest of my life? What if I don't meet the right person? And if you stay connected to him, he'll have it all in hand. You've got to trust in Jesus. You've got to remain in him and trust in what he says. Don't worry. Allow him to fix that financial situation. Allow him to fix that situation where, you, you, where you've had a bad health report. Allow him to believe that he can heal you. Stay close. Stay connected to his word. Stay close to his promises. Can I invite the band up? But what I also love is that all of this, to obey Jesus, this is not... Jesus being like a tyrant God, saying, you do this, you do that, make sure you do this. It's all based on relationship. It's all based on grace. He loves us. He calls us friends, which I find amazing. And it's not a burdensome relationship, but it brings joy. 
It brings liberation. You know, to, to obey Jesus, to obey him and his word, it brings such great joy. It frees us when we obey him, when we're living in him. I spoke to someone recently who said that they, over the last year or so, they've been struggling in their life and they got connected or got disconnected or got, got involved in things they shouldn't have got involved in. And they found life really difficult last year. They weren't connected to God. They weren't connected to his church. They just went and were doing kind of their own thing a little bit. And they got distracted and they were getting involved with people which they shouldn't have got involved in. But they made a decision that at the beginning of this year, they were gonna recommit to his word, recommit to his church, get involved in his church. And it was amazing. I had a conversation with them uh, a few days ago. And they said, they said Jonathan, he goes, it was so amazing. They said, ever since I put those changes in place, ever since I, I came away from certain things and got connected to his word, I can't believe the joy of Jesus is just within me. I feel so free. I feel liberated. I just, the joy of Jesus, I was so happy that I had it. I was like, that's what it's about, isn't it? When we get disconnected, we can come back to him. We can remain in him. And he wants us to come back to him. He brings liberation when we connect with him. There is grace and love. Jesus says to his disciples, I no longer call you servants, but friends. You know, have you ever seen how a vine is with its branches? Some, some of the branches, what they do, they intertwine around the vine. And there's a, that sense of intimacy and closeness with Jesus. Jesus isn't far away. He wants to be close to us. He wants us to be with him. As he has loved us, we are to go and reflect that love to others. Love is the key thing here. Jesus said that he's chosen us and appointed us to produce long-lasting fruit, to go on mission and make disciples. And it's not out of qualification, but he chose us out of his grace, out of his love. In Matthew 11, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And maybe today you've say, you know what, I've, I've, I've been, got distracted, got entangled in some things that I shouldn't have got entangled in. But Lord, I want to come to you and get rest. Maybe you think, oh, may, maybe you won't accept me. I want to say, Jesus will never reject you. He encourages you to come to him. He says, come if you're burdened and weary. Put, your, put the luggage down, put the weight down and come to him. He invites you to come. He's got grace and he's got love for you. That means even if we do mess up, which we do at times, we can still remain in him. And as we finish today, I'm aware that there could be different responses here. And I just thought it'd be really good if we could all stand together. Why don't we all stand? There may be different responses people may need to have. Maybe a personal response in your heart with Jesus. And that's absolutely fine. I'm just going to pray for us as a church, that we would keep wanting to remain in Christ, that we keep connected to him, that we wouldn't be distracted, but that we would see that in him and through him everything makes sense, that we would know his love and his grace, and if we need to put anything down, that we can do that today. Jesus, I thank you that you are the true vine that gives life to the disciples. That, Lord, that when we're connected to you, Lord, everything makes sense. Lord, that when we come to you, Lord, we get significance. We get joy, we get peace. Lord, we're not insecure because we know that you have everything at hand, Lord. And I just pray for us today as a church, all those that are here today, Lord, 
where we may need to get reconnected to your word, where we need to remain in you, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, would you help us in the power of your Holy Spirit? Lord, where maybe we've compromised, Lord, where, where maybe, Lord, we've, we've gone off track, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your grace today. Thank you that your grace abounds and it abounds. And I pray that in our hearts today, Jesus, would we know, Lord, that we can come to you, whatever burdens we have. Lord, help us to be those that obey your word, that, Lord, that your, your word would come into us and we would actually live it out daily. Lord, that you would empower us, Lord, to be your disciples, to live as those who would bear fruit. Lord, may we know today that apart from you, we can do nothing. Lord, we need connection to you. Lord, we need you in our lives day in, day out. Lord, we need you in our lives if we're going to go and make disciples and spread the love of Jesus in this world. Lord, we need to be connected to you. And Lord, I pray, Lord, would you establish yourself as our connection again? Lord, where we've we been uh, distracted by the things of the world, where we've tried to put our branch into other things, where we put our branch and our hope into people. Lord, I pray right now, Jesus, would we come and put our branch back into the true vine, that your lifeblood would run through us and you would empower us today afresh, God. Lord, let this be the, the starting of a new season for people, maybe start of a new day. Let us believe, Lord, with faith, God, that with you, Lord, anything is possible. So Lord, come and help us, Lord. Strengthen every part of us, Lord, that we may bear fruit for you as your dearly loved disciples. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.